0: My husband Mike and I live in Idaho and we have five children. The oldest is 15 and the youngest is almost two years old. This year we are studying Doctrine and Covenants and Church History. Join with me as I share thoughts that I have while I study using the Come Follow Me program from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This week we're studying Doctrine and Covenants sections 37 through 40 and sections 37 and 38 deal with the Lord's commandments for the saints at the time to move and gather together in Ohio. And then sections 39 and 40 are about a a Methodist minister named James Koval. And section 39 is instructions to him and a, and a revelation for him. And then section 40 is really a revelation for Joseph Smith and Sidney Rigdon because James Coble rejected the the word of the Lord that he received. And so that revelation was for Joseph and Sidney Rigdon concerning his unwillingness to be obedient to the commandments of the Lord. As I've been studying this week, really a couple of thoughts have come to my mind. One is unity and the importance of it. And the other one is agency, actually. And the Heavenly Father has given us agency and... With that comes accountability, of course. And anyway, those are kind of the themes that, to me, stood out this week. And I was thinking about unity a lot, especially in Section 38 as I was reading. And in there's two verses that say nearly the same thing, just a little different, in Section 38. One is... Verse 24, and then again in verse 25, it says, And let every man esteem his brother as himself. And again I say unto you, Let every man esteem his brother as himself. And then skipping down to verse 27, I say unto you, Be one, and if ye are not one, ye are not mine. And I was really thinking about that a lot this week, especially in my personal life, It's so important for us to be united, and sometimes that's really difficult. It's easy to say, and it makes sense, because if we're all striving to keep the commandments and do what the Lord asks, then we would be united, but it's more complicated than that, because we're, we're each our own individual, and we have our own thoughts and our own experiences that have shaped our opinions and who we are, and none of us is perfect and that also kind of gets in the way of being united and being unified and this over the last few weeks I've we've been trying to find a time to get my daughter Sophia baptized she'll be eight here in just a couple of weeks and her birthday happens to be the day after baptisms for the month of May and so she misses that by a day and then the next baptismal date wasn't for five weeks, which we understood was just how life goes, and we were planning for that, and then it turned out that there was another conflict from from the ward. The ward had planned a thing for that weekend, and so there weren't going to be any bishopric members available to be at the baptism, and so we weren't going to be able to hold this baptism, and I... I felt terrible because the next time there were stake baptisms was another five weeks away, and poor little Sophia was just so excited to be baptized, it was really difficult for her to have to wait that long. And so we've been trying to see if we have other options and figure out what choices there are, and if any, and just finding a way for her that she can make these covenants with Heavenly Father that she's been looking forward to doing for years now, and and trying to find a way that she can she can do that and that's been i think a struggle for a lot of people especially over the past year where it's been difficult to do those things and so any time that we can make work is just a wonderful thing that we're grateful for and it's been a little difficult because trying to understand and be united with the decisions of the leaders but also helping helping them to see our side, and then also, on the flip side, understanding their position and where they're coming from, and trying to unify ourselves to one decision that will work for everybody. It's been very difficult, and and taking a few meetings with stake presidency members, trying to work things out, and I was so thankful that our stake president called called us in. um, There's another family that this affected that wanted to have their daughter baptized as well and there's just, like I said, not the option and so we both were called in to visit with the state president and he spoke to us about about what went into his decision making with this process and he told us a time that he thought he agreed we were able to agree on a time that he thought would work for the stake and that hopefully would be better for these girls so they wouldn't have to wait two or three months to be baptized and as much as i was excited that she has this opportunity to be baptized i was more thankful that he just brought us in to discuss this even though he already wanted to make something work and, and let us do something, but he wanted to talk to us about being unified and about supporting our leaders and trying to think the best of people as they go about doing their calling in the best way that they know how. and. I So as I read this week in Doctrine and Covenants, it just reminded me how important it is that we support each other, and that we love each other, and we stick up for each other, even when maybe we don't agree, even when maybe things are not done how we want them to be done. It's just so important, and I think that's why Heavenly Father put it down two times in in this section 38 of the Doctrine and Covenants to esteem our brothers as ourselves and you know we spent, my husband and I were actually even just talking about this I think last night and just talking about how so many things in our society would be fixed if we could just think about other people as much as we think about ourselves. I mean, we tend to say, well, I want to do this because this is what's going to work for me. But if we were also looking out for everybody else's best interests and not just our own, how many things we could just fix just by looking out for other people in the same way that we do for ourselves. So the other, as I said, the other topic that really came to my mind a lot is Agency and that started even in just section 37, verse 4, when he, when the Lord is first telling him to go to Ohio and that this is what they need to do, he says in verse 4, Behold, here is wisdom, and let every man choose for himself. And I think that's important because Heavenly Father knows what's best, He knows each one of us intimately, and He knows what's best for us because He not only knows us now and what's happened in our past, but He knows what we will be up against in the future. And he, he is just all-knowing and perfect in that way. And so, in every way, he's perfect, but that's one of the ways. He, he knows those things. So, yes, when he tells us to do something, it's wisdom. But even knowing that, he says, let every man choose for himself. Because that's the plan. I was talking to my 10-year-old recently, and I, I can't remember if I mentioned this or not in a previous week or two, but it was, it's was it been so difficult for him to watch his his younger siblings making choices that he feels are just so obviously wrong about little things that have no eternal consequence, but still it frustrates him when he thinks there is a right way to do something and it's done a different way. And that's so difficult for him to not try to force them to do the, whatever it is in the way that he thinks it should be done. And so we've had this discussion about how, while it sounds good to have everybody do things the right way, that's not Heavenly Father's plan. That was actually Satan's plan. Heavenly Father gives us the option to choose for ourselves, whether whether it's choosing to follow our Heavenly Father or not. And, you know, with this whole thing with James, I, actually, I hope I'm saying it right, Koval? Anyway... The problem with what happened is he, well, James wanted to, he wanted to know what Heavenly Father would have him do in his life. He desired to know Heavenly Father's will and to follow it. That desire was there, which Heavenly Father told him when he just said thine, in verse, uh, sorry, this is section 39 verse 8, thine heart is now right before me at this time and so he wanted to do the right thing and the Lord told him to be baptized and to uh it says labor in the vineyard you know to preach and to the gospel and to help to help the work progress and He's promised great blessings for that but section 40 talks about what happened to him because basically he just left town And the next day, Joseph Smith and Sidney Rigdon are like, dude, where is this guy? (laughs) They didn't know where he was. They didn't know why he left. He didn't tell anybody. At least it seemed like that's the reading that I, my understanding was that he just left. And so they weren't sure what had happened because he just received this awesome revelation, you know, and then he just left without a word. And so in section 40, Heavenly Father says that his heart was right before me there again in verse one he says that but then in verse two he says and he received the word with gladness but straightway satan tempted him and the fear of persecution and the cares of the world caused him to reject the word and so that agency that gift that heavenly father has given us it has the potential to help us learn and grow in ways that we never could, but it also has the potential for us to condemn ourselves by our actions, and that's, you know, James was afraid of what would, of just all the consequences of this decision that he was about to make, and they were big, you know, I mean, he was, um, he was a Methodist minister and he had been for, it says about 40 years. And so that was his livelihood. And so he had a home and a job and, um, a church community, you know, people, followers. And so for him to let all that go and walk away, that was a really big, difficult thing to do. And Satan was able to kind of get inside his head and use those fears to give him doubt and make him reject the word. And so what I learned from that is how important it is not to fear. Because that fear gets in the way of our faith so often. And it's a hard thing not to do, not to to not fear, because there's a lot of things we don't know. And sometimes the not knowing is so scary because it's out of our control. And for somebody like me who loves to have order and control, that is, that can be very scary. But in section 38 in verses 14 and 15, the Lord's talking about iniquity and weaknesses, but he says, but I will be merciful unto your weakness. Therefore, be strong from henceforth. Fear not, for the kingdom is yours. And I love that. Fear not, for the kingdom is yours. This is something that he wants for us so much. And so there's no reason for us to be afraid that he's not going to give it to us in the end because as long as we are doing our best to be strong, like he says, and not to fear, that faith will help us to become who he wants us to become so that we can receive those blessings. He says the same, well, similar in verse 9 when he says, Behold, the kingdom is yours, and the enemy shall not overcome. And sometimes that's hard to remember because we see arguments and battles and wars all over the place. And it seems like more and more good doesn't always win out over evil. At least sometimes it it seems that way. And so it's important for us to remember that in this spiritual battle that we are fighting against Satan, we do know what the outcome will be. We know who's going to win. It's not a question of who, what will happen. It's a question of Where will we be and what side will we choose to fight for? And so as I use the agency that Heavenly Father has given to us to make the right choices to follow the will of Heavenly Father, then I'm able to fill my life with faith-building moments that will help and strengthen me when temptation comes and that prepares us for the future and for difficult things that are ahead in verse 30 of section 38 the Lord says if ye are prepared ye shall not fear and I think that preparation is so vital you know we we first hear about the gospel whether it's when we're young children or teenagers or whenever we we start with a small testimony and we watch that testimony grow that small testimony at first burns really hot sometimes and that helps us because when it's small it's it doesn't have those deep roots but if we don't establish those deep roots then that that fresh strong start will kind of peter off and won't be enough to sustain us, but if we continue to prepare ourselves, and that's really not a complex thing to do. Really, what Heavenly Father asks is that we continue down the covenant path that we've started, that we do those things that He asks, and we just had General Conference, so we have all those talks that we can study and read about the things that we're supposed to be doing right now so that we can be prepared for what's coming up ahead. Sometimes we don't realize all the preparation that goes into things. In fact, I have a music recital tonight for some students and so I'm trying to get that ready and it's super involved even though I'm not playing a piece for any of them, I'm accompanying them because they're all on on the cello but I have to prepare their accompaniments, and then I have to get the programs ready, and then I always like to give them a handout at the end to tell them what a great job they did, and so I have to prepare that. I have to make sure that I have everything ready so that I can do a live video feed. I have to make sure that my own children who are in the recital are prepared and ready. I have to... There's just so many things. I have to stop by the building where we're doing the recital and make sure everything's set up and good to go, and I have to remember to bring extra things, because people always forget stuff, and I have... It's just... there's a lot of preparation it takes me hours and hours the week of the recital to get ready for this recital and it's something that I am happy to do because I love seeing the kids succeed at their recital and to see them do well but if I didn't prepare for that it would not go well it would be just really rough and not a finished nice evening for them And on the flip side as they prepare for the recital I love seeing the students who have really prepared because they get up there and they have confidence in that preparation and they do their best and sometimes they do great sometimes they mess up but either way they were really prepared and that preparation helps them even through the mistakes and then you see the students who get up and thankfully there aren't very many but they get up and they're not really very prepared and things tend to go rough and It just is a reminder to me that that preparation is vital. First of all, it helps us to avoid mistakes. But second of all, when mistakes come, that preparation helps us pick ourselves back up and keep going without such a huge blunder. Heavenly Father knows that, and that's why He gives us all these commandments, is to help prepare us for the things of the future. Next week, we're going to be studying Doctrine and Covenants sections 41 through 44. Have a great week.